welcome to Wine Road, the wine, when, and where of Northern Sonoma County. I'm your host, Marcy Gordon, with Beth Costa, Executive Director of the Wine Road. Welcome to Wine Road, episode 120. Today, our guest is Ziggy the Wine Gal. You know her, you love her, you can't live without her. She's our <laughs> local maven of all things wine. Welcome, Ziggy. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. We usually start our show with a bottle of wine that we talk about, and I was in a super hurry to get here this morning. My morning definitely fell apart, so I, I raced out the door without wine. So instead of talking about wine, I think that we'll kind of introduce our listeners to you and um, what it is that you do here in uh, wine country. I think that um, through the years, I've met a lot of people, Ziggy, who you know were in college. They were the business major, and then they went to some great wine event like, you know, barrel tasting or something like that. And they met winemakers and they got into the cellar and they were just bit by the the bug of like the the creativity of winemaking and, the, you know, the artistry of it and the passion. And, you know, they've just changed their whole, you know, course in life and got really involved in the wine industry. So I think it would be interesting to know sort of where you were at that moment when you decided, oh, you know, wine is interesting. <laughs> I'm going to do something with the wine business. So, so how did you kind of get started in that? Um, well, I mean, I, I, I have a lot of friends, just like you said, um, that, you know, got an English degree in college or a math major and, um, and then, you know, had some epic bottle of, of wine and, and the rest is history. Right. I don't have, um, I don't, I don't, my story is a little bit different. Um, but, you know, you, you asked a second ago, you know, what is it that you do in wine country? And I thought to myself just now, well, like, I, I drink wine like everybody else every day. <laughs> that's, that's the picture that we paint. Research, and it's actually, yeah. it's actually true. Um, I drink for a living, as do you. Um, <laughs> so I grew up in San Francisco, and um, my, my dad was kind of the outdoors kind of guy. I mean, every day, every weekend, we were camping, we were fishing, we were skiing, we were boating, we were playing tennis, we were playing basketball, whatever it was. Wow. I love uh, that. But on, <laughs> on the weekends, he was super active, Mr. Outdoors. Um, but on the weekends, if, if he, God forbid, didn't have something booked, he um, took us to wine country. And, you know, my dad was super passionate about wine and... Um, you know, as kids, I have to tell you how much we hated that because, you know, there was four of us at the time and I'm the oldest and it was like, throw all the kids in the back seat and then go for what we perceived to be a really, really, really long drive that took forever. Well, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and San Francisco, of course, is cool. It's foggy most of the time in the morning. And then we're getting over the bridge and all of a sudden you're entering wine country and it's hot and it's like, oh, when, when are we going to get out of this car? And then you get out of the car, and then all you have to do is stand still and be courteous to people all right. day. They're <laughs> pouring wine for your parents, right? Um, but it was because of this that I actually had um, the immense pleasure of meeting Mr. and Mrs. Mandavi, Robert oh. and Margaret Mandavi, oh, wow. uh, when, when they opened their tasting room. And uh, up until uh, Mr. Mandavi, who always said, Ziggy, call me Bob, uh, but I never could. Um, yeah. Up until the time that he died, I was in touch with him. And then the time that his wife, Margaret, passed a couple years after, uh, I was in touch with her and um, had wonderful occasions, of course, uh, you know, having dinners and lunches with them and various things. 
But that was kind of like my introduction um, into the actual wine country world. But at home, from the time we could sit at the table, we were always served wine. Mm. So once you got out of right. that high chair and you were sitting at the regular <laughs> dinner table, you were served wine. Wow. Of course, you know, we would, they would, you know, always put water in your Yeah, that's what everyone says. Glass. Water it down a but, little. Yeah. But bringing your yeah, palate along. Right. But my father always used to say, you know, I don't want you to think that this is something fancy. It's right. just part of everyday living. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my dad was a big entertainer. We were always hosting cocktail parties and dinner parties uh, at, at home. And, you know, I used to sneak downstairs and I'd grab a bottle of wine that wasn't open and I'd go put it in my closet. <laughs> and, you know, by the time I left home, I had quite a wine cellar going. So, like I mentioned to you, I didn't have a, the, the, the regular uh, shift into the wine world that most people have had. And, you know, growing up with wine that way, I... It was always there, and it was always intriguing, and it was always kind of this mystery to me because every time you opened a bottle of wine or I tasted something, you know, each night it was different right. than the next. It was always captivating to me. And so, um, you know, I went into a whole other world, uh, into the financial world, and worked in the stock brokerage business for years, um, but, you know, always was involved in in wine because I would go wine tasting on weekends and um, quite frankly, I will tell you kind of an inside scoop that I've never shared, but <laughs> even in high school, I knew all the wineries and winemakers, you know, from right. going up to wine country yeah. with my dad. So I would tell my girlfriends, I went to an all-girls high school in San Francisco, I would tell my girlfriends, hey, put on some lipstick and some high heels <laughs> and sunglasses, and well, let's go Let's go wine teaching today. I know all the places to go, yeah, and they're never going to, yeah. they're never going to cart us, yeah, you know? Right. That's um, hilarious. <laughs> so... Fast forward many years, I left the stock brokerage business and got into broadcasting. I went to broadcasting school because I thought I didn't know what I was going to do with my life, but I'll study voiceovers, and I've always been involved in drama. But people have always said, oh, Ziggy, I recognize your voice. You have such an yes. interesting voice. It's distinct. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so um, so that was that, and I, I you know, belonged to all these wine clubs, and of course, you know, this is like rewind where we are now. This is back in the 80s. That's 1980s. <laughs> um, and so, um, ironically, the very first paying commercial I got as a voiceover artist was a 60-second radio commercial for a winery. It is kismet, right? It's just meant to I, be. <laughs> it was meant to be. I ended up talking to the producer after we recorded the spot, and he said, you know, you're so passionate about wine, and you know where where did you learn? And I told him, and I, and he says, well, if you could have anything you would want in the whole world, what would it be? And I said, I would want my own radio show so I could talk about wine, wine. and make it for everyday living. Oh my gosh! And so, in fact, um, I was the first woman in the United States to have a radio show about wine, and I'm going on 27 years now. Oh my That's lord! Amazing! Wow! What so, a great story! <laughs> I literally drink for a living, and uh, and then I tell people about it <laughs> on the radio <laughs> all the time. Um, so I travel the world now, and I get involved as a, a wine expert, uh, judging international wine competitions all over the world, and I've developed quite a palate. And every day, though, I just learn something new. I taste something different. This morning, I tasted a whole flight of uh, incredible 
uh, Chianti's, and I did it via Zoom with the winemaker, 24th generation winemaker oh from Tuscany. Wow. And I, and I just had to pinch myself going, this is my life, and I'm so in love with it every day. <laughs> but my biggest passion really is bringing people to Sonoma County. I mean, when it gets down to it, I've lived in Sonoma County most of my adult life. Um, I've raised my daughter here, who's now a winemaker. Oh, and, I didn't realize that. I mean, I knew she was grown yeah. up and all that, but. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's one of those things that I, all I can do, as much as I travel around the world, I love to be home and right. I love to bring people to my home, uh, which my, my friends have all dubbed Zigtown, where I right. live, uh, out in the country and you can check in on social media and, and all that and do your, your social media posts in Zigtown. Uh, right in the Russian River Valley. And um, so with with all my travels around the world, I, I've invited so many people to come to Sonoma County and, of course, northern Sonoma County where I live and uh, just to visit and to see. And, you know, I just had friends before this whole crazy COVID thing uh-huh. happened. Uh, last year, I had friends that I had met in Italy uh, about four or five years ago, finally took me up on the offer, and they flew all the way to the U.S. just to come to Sonoma County and <laughs> hang out and have me take them around a uh, wine right. tasting. So Nice. That's perfect. So the the Chianti tasting that you did this morning, is that something that would be on your radio show, or is that for something different? or what's... It, Yeah, it's for a myriad of things, but it will definitely be a focus on my radio shows uh, in uh, 2021. regions that we know for a fact do well for certain varieties than other regions. And some of the events that we have here along the wine road um, are are really educational so that you can learn that, you know. I mean, when you think about Pinot Noir, for example, well, Russian River Valley and the Sonoma Coast, really beautiful areas for Pinot Noir. But when you think about, you know, Alexander Valley, Absolutely not. When you think about, you know, certain areas of Napa Valley, for sure, absolutely not right. for Pinot Noir. <laughs> right. but, but, but that's only happened that we figure that out through time, right? Right, right. right. Yeah. Um, just, just like, you know, for any number of other varieties, there's so many um, areas right within Sonoma County that have been able to get a lot of definition of, well, we know all these things really work here, and maybe these things over here don't necessarily work really well here, but do really great over there. Exactly. It's all our little microclimates. I always love listening to winemakers talk about how they just have this one little area that is so unique in their vineyard. They're planting one acre of, you know, some obscure kind of varietal because they think that that will work in that one little tiny microclimate of of a spot. It is interesting. It's cool. Well, and you look at somebody like Acorn Winery that's doing that very thing, you know. Bill and Betsy Knockbauer of of Acorn, have uh, they don't have a huge piece of property, but what they have done is, you know, they have, uh, what is it, over 75 different types of varieties here. It's amazing. And now they've got a lot of these other rock star winemakers they're asking them to plant like Grinner Vetliner and some of these right. other varieties that we'd never seen in Sonoma County before, right? And and that's what's fun about when you do come here and go wine tasting also. I mean, you probably have your favorite Cabernet and your favorite Chardonnay and those are your go-tos, but come here and try wines you've never heard of. I mean, that's that's the fun of going wine tasting. And I think one thing that you're mentioning is, as you describe Sonoma County in this area as a new wine region or right. a young wine region, uh-huh. 
it allows us to be experimental and have innovation and creativity. I mean, you can't go changing the grapes in a Grand Cru vineyard in France. Right. You know, we have, you know, we're open to experimentation and finding what works best because we're That's young. Right. That's right. And we don't have all the rigid rules right. that you find in, in old world winemaking countries, you know. Uh, the sky's the the limit here, and I think that, um, and that's wonderful. But you know, that said, we have so much more opportunity here in Sonoma County because of the diversity of our soils and our climates and our microclimates. You know, we have 52 miles of coastline here in yeah. Sonoma County alone that a lot of other regions in this country that are growing grapes cannot say. Right. Um, you know, you have influences from the San Pablo Bay to our south, and then, of course, as you head west, you get all that coastal influence, which comes in uh, in a myriad of ways, even to warmer regions like the Dry, Dry Creek Valley still has influence from the Sonoma Coast, you know? It's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think no that's fun. what makes wine as a topic or just an industry it's so vast. You can never know it. Like you said, every day you're learning something. If you can always be learning, you're always going to be, you know, on the tip of just excitement. Um, it seems to me that you do judging for things beyond wine. Is that, is that the case? That is absolutely the, the absolute truth. Yeah, so what else? Tell us about that. Why stop at wine? Exactly. I'm into it, <laughs> you guys. Um, so about uh, 15, 16 years ago, I added another segment on um, my weekly Wine Wednesday radio shows uh, where I would talk about spirits. Um, you know, my passion for spirits and cocktails, and um, I, you know... Just thought it was important to bring diversity. My audience is ready for it, um, and they love it. And each week on my weekly Wine Wednesday show, I have not only a wine of the week now, but I have uh, a spirit or a cocktail of the week as well. I do a, a segment called Let's Shake It. So uh, we shake up cocktails on the air, and then we then we just uncork it, and we uncork wines. Um but about 18 years ago, I judged my first international spirits competition, and it was probably by far the hardest thing I had ever, ever, ever done in my yeah. life. Huh? Well, besides give birth to my dog, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> uh, but it was it was hard. It was challenging. It took so much concentration, and it's just it was a very, very serious thing, you know. But I remember walking into the room of judges, and here comes Zig, you know, it was like 17, 18 years ago, and I'm bouncing in, and I've got my white lab coat on, and I and I look out into the room, and there are all these old curmudgeons. I say, these, well, what am I getting six, into? There are all these old dudes, and it was, there was no other women. It was just Zig. And I'm like, hey, you know, and they looked at me like, are you kidding? Um, but I had then got invited back to that same competition the following year, so I must have done something You did okay right. then, and, right. And I've been judging that very same competition, which is now considered to be the largest spirits competition in the world. I've now judged it 18 years. And uh, then that kind of caught on, and other you know spirits competitions started inviting me to be a judge. And now I'm actually a lead or a head judge at a lot of the spirits competitions that I judge at now because of my tenure and my expertise and my palate. And um, and I just, I, I love it. I have over 400 bottles of booze in my 
bar at home, <laughs> and they're in constant rotation because oh I Lord. experiment a lot. I, I call myself a curious creator, you know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I have a I have a cocktail garden that's gotten pretty famous uh, recognition now for the last 13 years um, when I decided that I wanted to be able to plant a garden and grow all the things that I would need for a cocktail so that I could walk out my front door oh, yeah. and walk to my garden and literally pick anything I would need. So if right. I'm making a Bloody Mary, I'm going to go out to my garden and I'm going to dig up horseradish because I'm growing horseradish. And I'm going to pick the tomatoes, and I'm going to, you know, pick celery. And my cocktail garden has is now grown leaps and bounds, as you can imagine. And now I'm I'm growing enough that I'm supplying a lot of the local mixologists, as well as a lot of the local chefs, like at Valette. I supply him with a lot of really interesting things that I'm growing out of my cocktail garden, um, including 19 types of heirloom mint. Oh wow. Whoever knew? Whoever wow. knew there were so many types of mint, so right? That's so cool. Well, I, <laughs> like my daughter is still going to love hearing this episode and hearing about that. I mean, that is just an amazing concept. Different. <laughs> A cocktail yeah. garden. Well, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've got the. I have the first ever world's cocktail garden, and I mean, I'm growing all my own citrus. I have about twelve different types of citrus. I'm growing in it now. So if I need limes, well, I've got four different types of limes to choose from. I've got, you know, several different types of kumquats and oranges and lemons and, you know, Buddha's hand. I have now four Buddha's hand trees, um, which is, which is really such a spectacular uh, citrus to create cocktails with. I just use Buddha's hand in a tasting note and people are saying, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, it's. Well, and it's an interesting thing because uh, it looks kind of like fingers, you know, the the actual citrus. Right. And, and what's even more interesting is that if you look at the base of the tree before, you know, right as it's going into the ground, check it out next time you see a, a Buddha's hand because it looks like there's hands that are grabbing the dirt and then digging into it. Oh, it's my. the coolest yeah. thing oh, wow. ever. I've, I've never seen the tree, but I have to check that out. That's so cool. But it's all it's all rind, so you're not getting any of the juice inside. But what it is is it's just a it's literally what looks like a big giant yellow hand. Mm-hmm. But it's all it's all the rind, but it's very highly aromatic. It's got oh, yeah. notes of perfume Definitely. and white flower and citrus flower, and it's just it's just gorgeous. And you know, a fun thing uh, you can do with it, cocktails aside, is I zest it into my salads in the wintertime. Oh yeah. So it's beautifully zested right into your big giant green salad in the wintertime. It's fabulous. The thing about. Um doing the spirits or starting, you know, adding that to segment to your show. I mean, that's just a whole, whole industry that's opened up. It's just like ca- uh, craft beers, craft spirits. I mean, in Sonoma County, there are spirit makers. And I mean, there probably weren't 20 years ago. There might not have been even 15 years ago. I mean, that's fairly new. So I think yeah. that uh, the interest out there from consumers is just constantly growing at this point. How do you prepare for a spirit judging? I mean, that seems so intense because of the alcohol and very, di- is it different from how you prepare for wine tasting uh, judging? Or? It's completely, it's completely different. It's night and day different, literally. I mean, the only thing similar between a wine judging competition and a spirits judging competition is that you've got liquid in a glass. Yeah. That's the only, yeah. that's the only similarity. Right. Um, there's a lot of protocol that goes on with the spirits tasting that you never, ever would see in a wine tasting like the glasses um have to be covered in the spirits tasting so that the you know the volatilities don't right. go up through the glass mm-hmm. and then you don't swirl it and smell it, stick your nose in the glass like you would wine or you'd burn off all your nose hairs yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, 
Yeah, so you kind of breathe in through your mouth and exhale through your nose to get some of the, you know, profile for the aromas. It's, there's a lot of different um, procedures that you do with with the spirits, and sometimes with some things you can add uh, one or two dropperfuls of water or an ice cube, depending on the competition, depending on the spirit. Um, but I've become, obviously, over the years, pretty well-versed uh styles of different types of spirits that are out there, especially like Baijiu and some of these others coming from Asia. Hmm. And, um, you know, I never know what's going to be put in front of me, and I've got to be uh, educated and ready for it. So I spend the year really just tasting through things. I am curious more than anything. So if I go into a bar, the first thing I do is I'll look at everything they have on the wall, and if there's something I've never tasted or tried, I'll just buy it just to have a sip of it. You know, just so that I can yeah. educate myself on what that is and what it tastes like. And then, of course, traveling, um, you know, to the different uh, areas that produce different things. Um, I've been to Kentucky several times uh, because I'm fascinated with bourbon. And uh, although you can make bourbon anywhere uh, in the United States, but, you know, it's really Kentucky's the, the mothership. Right, absolutely. You know. Um, I keep waiting for, a, a, you know, a little area to open up that does nothing but produce Irish cream because as I know Beth loves <laughs> I was some like, Irish cream. I like that idea. <laughs> I'm right? on board. I'm on a board. Little, <laughs> a little Irish cream island. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but I, I, I've had the pleasure of judging uh, true Irish creams from Ireland in mm. many of the international competitions. And some of these Irish creams I've had, they literally, it's like a cooperative, and they go around with milk buckets to five or six of the local little dairies and collect milk and then bring it back to the distillery and make a true Irish cream. Oh, my I've had Lord. It. Wow. It's it's delectable, I'll tell you. Um, That's incredible. But, you know, it's it's uh, like the wine world. It's a very, um, you, you can learn something new every day. Oh, yeah. And you know, the fact that we are producing, you know, bourbons even right here in Sonoma County uh-huh. now. Right. You yes. know, you look at the Spirit Works Distillery, for one. You know, those guys have branched out. They first started making just gin, and then it became gin and vodka. Then it became gin, vodka, whiskey. You know, I mean, it's they're so doing exciting. so many, I love it. So many cool yeah. things there. And a lot of the distilleries are, Healdsburg alone has several little small micro-sized uh, mom-and-pop type distilleries. Um, which is so cool. And, um, you know, I think we probably have more artisan distilleries here in Sonoma County than any other wine region in California, for sure, or Oregon or Washington, quite and, frankly. And visitors love that. I mean, we have lots of visitors that come to, um, you know, they're coming here to go wine tasting primarily, but then they'll make a day out of doing spirits and then a day out of doing craft breweries. And, you know, they really mix it up. People that that's the joy of coming to Sonoma County. There are so many different things you can do and taste. It's continuing to grow. There's so much uh, excitement for uh, handcrafted distilled spirits here in Sonoma County that, um, you know, we have people that are making absinthe now. I never thought I would I see the day that we're making no, absinthe I was surprising. right here. And, right. And, you know, and <laughs> it's, so, it's so cool. And uh, then you get little artisans like, have you ever heard of Phaedra? Um, Phaedra Acor lives in Petaluma, and she makes bitters, like, oh. by hand. She makes <laughs> she makes some incredible bitters, and she has, like, over 20 different types of bitters in her portfolio. Wow. And so you get all these craft distilleries now that are using her bitters, which are craft bitters. Right. And 
you know, I, I do, beyond radio, I contribute to a lot of publications, but annually I do a lot of contributions to USA Today. And one of the things that I do for USA Today, uh, besides wine stuff, is I do uh, an annual feature there for their 10 best uh, for craft distilleries in the U.S. So I give my recommendation of my top 20 craft distilleries in the United States in various categories. But one of the categories is, you know, spirits mixer, top spirit mixer. And I actually submitted Phaedra's name the last couple of years in it. And do you know she got number three in the country? I mean, wow. it's just one gal, wow. single mom in Petaluma. That is so I, fantastic. When you, when you try her, like, rose petal bitters, uh-huh. you know, yeah, and make a so drink good. out of that. Oh, it's so delicious. Some of the other things. And now she's, you know, luckily she's created this cool cocktail, uh, quarterly cocktail program where she puts all the ingredients so you can make things at home, like making your own tomorrow, right? Right. In your own home. Right. And some of these other, including her bitters and this and that. And she doesn't have the bottles of actually whiskey or gin or vodka or whatever's needed. She tells you what to get. But everything else is there so that you can create craft cocktails at home. It's so innovative, and it's so Sonoma. That is so interesting to me. I'm going to check that out. <laughs> that sounds like a perfect gift for someone. It you know, is that, a perfect, sounds really fun. perfect. So Flora Luna Bitters is the name of her bitters company. We'll, we'll put that in, the, in our little Flora show Luna Bitters. And she has a little storefront in downtown Petaluma on Kentucky Street called uh, the Flora Luna Apothecary. And you can go in there and get all kinds of goodness in there. <laughs> all beyond, kinds of goodness. Oh, my goodness. All, beyond all of her bitters, of course, you can you can get her Amaro kits or her vermouth kits. But she also has, like, artisan chocolates and tarot cards and, you know, teas and uh, beautiful artisan Sonoma sea salts. And you can get a lot of Sonoma-centric products in there. Who doesn't That's want awesome. some uh, salt from the Sonoma coast, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> so now... I- this could be my imagination, but did I see somewhere that you were starting some sort of um, Zigtown home goods? I don't know what it would be. <laughs> Something. Actually, uh, well, that's, that's kind of, you've kind of got it. Uh, <laughs> but right, I started a, a new lifestyle company called Zigstyle. That was it, lifestyle. I couldn't come up with the word. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Well, so is this public knowledge or is this uh, it is now? It is is now. It can be. It can be edited out. (laughs) It is now. Yeah. So I guess over over the years, um, with all the folks that follow me on my radio programs that are broadcast on KRSH FM stations, um, and you know people emailing me and following me on social media. I found what they really are after in in a lot of cases is my lifestyle. Exactly. You know, I live I live in the middle of the vineyards. I garden. About 80% of everything we eat at home, we get out of our own garden. Right. I, you know, uh it's really important for us and it's we're passionate about it. So, Zig style is all about wine, cocktails, garden and gather. I and, love it. Uh, that That's is right my new mile. lifestyle company. So you'll be able to go to zigstyle.net. My website should be live anytime now. And um, you'll be able to see all my shenanigans in the garden, in the kitchen, uh, all the pictures of my various events and dinner parties that I throw. And most of the stuff that I throw at home really is for charity. I love it. I love that we... Uh to get the drop on that and be the first to. <laughs> it's just yes. a, it's such a perfect extension of your brand. I mean, 
Yeah, it Ziggy makes sense. Ziggy the wine gal it, to Zig style. I mean, it, it, it makes really, sense. it's just so seamless. And really the pictures yeah. that I've seen when you do post things of, like you said, your table settings and things. I mean, it does look like, uh, to me, it looks like what everybody envisions wine country living to be. And, and not, it's, it's and not it's over the life. top. It's comfortable and right. and warm and welcoming and yeah, it's synonymous and, with Sonoma in yeah, a way. Totally, absolutely. No, I'll tell you, there's no pretension. Yeah, and my lifestyle is very casual with no pretension. But I do like to be able to call myself the etiquette queen. So, <laughs> uh, uh, but but that said, it it really is um, just a, a complete passion of of mine to be able to to do that uh, and everybody needs that hint of civility at the end of the day and i like things civil <laughs> yeah don't we all uh, or i don't know maybe we don't <laughs> we i wish it all <laughs> please bring civility back <laughs> so i think we're ready to kind of wrap it up and i I think the listeners are going to love this show. And in our show notes, we'll have links to your radio shows and to, you know, whatever else we can find Perfect. to link to that. And yeah, what is the best uh, site to link to for you, Ziggy? Well, we've got ZiggyTheWineGal.com. Um, we will soon have ZigStyle.net. Okay. Um, and, of course, you can always go to KRSH.com. That's KRSH.com. And uh, if you don't live in Northern California and you're listening to this show, um, it, then you can go to krsh.com and you can click on Listen Live and you can actually hear my radio shows each and every week uh, because we do stream live on the web. Um, but for those of you in Northern California, all you have to do is go to 95.9 on your FM dial. There you go. Listen to that sexy radio voice. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Really. That was a good, good way to end. Well, okay. thank you so much, Ziggy. It's a pleasure to have you. So much to learn. And we definitely want to have you back. And we'll that put, was fun. We'll link you up in the show notes. And we'll Aww. see you on the wine road. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Ziggy. Bye. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a great day, everybody. You Cheers. Too. Bye. Bye-bye.